Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and on today's show, we're getting into the four-part Beckham docuseries. On October 4th, 2023, Netflix released a four-episode limited series of David Beckham's spectacular and sudden rise to fame in the football world and becoming an international superstar. With never-before-seen footage and vulnerable interviews from David himself, Victoria, and former teammates, director Fisher Stevens gives us an intimate and honest look that we didn't know we needed of David Beckham, giving context to criticism and refocusing the narrative of this star to a human level. My guest Mario from Movies with Mr. Mario on Instagram and I discussed what we thought of the series overall and what was the most surprising to learn. And now, here we go to the show. What are your overall thoughts about the Beckham docuseries, Mario? It was really good. Very emotional. It was so it was emotional. emotional. Like, episode two broke me. I was, like, crying. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, uh, but uh, even my roommate was watching it, and he was really into it. And he was like, dang, that documentary is actually pretty, like, action-packed. There's a lot going on in that. And I was mm. like... Who would have like, thought Fisher? Yeah, who would have thought <laughs> Fisher Stevens had it in him? Like, I had no idea. Like, does he make documentaries all right? the time? Because, dang, sir. <laughs> yeah, I recognized the voice when he first started talking. I was like, I think it's that guy. I forgot his name. But I was like, it's that guy from early edition. Yes. And then I searched it up, and I was like, it is that guy. I was like, oh yeah, his name's Fisher Stevens. Yeah, so, yeah. I was like, oh, that's random. Like, I didn't know he made stuff like that. Neither did I. So <laughs> random. Good for you, Fisher Stevens, who will always be known as the guy from early edition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really good. It was very, um, I learned a lot. Um, I was, I was a kid when a lot of that happened. So mm-hmm. like, I really didn't become a big fan of Beckham until like I was late in high school or out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's when he was like playing for LA and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause his timeline, I didn't realize his timeline. Like yeah, I didn't either. I was like, dang, I was alive, but yeah. I was a kid when all that was happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Cause I, um spoiler alerts everyone if you haven't watched the show but i mean yeah. it happened in real life so yeah but there were still some surprises because there's a lot of stuff i didn't know but i do remember the the scandal of the um possible cheating affair i remember that i had no idea that yeah, rem- was news to me when i was watching it i was like yeah wait what happened like I yeah I remember seeing all the news or whatever and that was like kind of like my first brush I guess with the Beckhams I mean I knew Mm -hmm. like I knew Posh Spice because I I knew the Spice Girls right I had listened to them but I was like wow but yeah that was so it was interesting to see how it unfolded and all that Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. but um 
Yeah, I thought the docuseries was very well done. I thought the timing and the pacing was really well, was done really well too. Like it, nothing felt rushed. Like I felt like we had plenty of background information when he was younger and leading up to joining Manchester United. I also felt like they did a really good job at balancing how, like once Victoria shows up into the picture, balancing like his relationship with Victoria and then his relationship with soccer. Like mm -hmm. I didn't walk away from this feeling like I wanted more. Like you said, like I learned so much that I didn't know because mm -hmm. we, I was a kid too. We were both, you know, I think a little too young for some of like the real, like hot gossipy stuff. Yeah. Especially because like soccer doesn't really have a chokehold on the US the way it does the rest of the world. Yeah. And what's funny is, so we've we talked about Ted Lasso on your show mm -hmm. many times. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know some of this like dialogue yes. and the terms. I was like, thank you, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like I, I know what I'm, you guys are talking about. Right. But it, but like when they were talking about how the European fans and like the rest of the world are so into it compared to America, it brought up the scene in Ted Lasso when um, Rebecca's at, like in season three, when Rebecca's in the, the boardroom with all the club members mm -hmm, or the mm -hmm. CEOs. And she's like, what the F are you doing? Like, why would we take that away from people? Like people have grown on this, like this is their lives and stuff. Right. And then just seeing like the footage of them, like people like crying and happy, like when they would win or they would lose, mm -hmm. like it was the end of the world, like, and to see how mad they would get. Like we saw some of that in Ted Lasso, like when they would be losing, like how mad these fans would get. But to see like actual footage from back then when he mm -hmm. was playing, like, I was just like, dang, that really does put it into perspective on how passionate these fans are and how important that game is. So it was really cool callback to like Ted Lasso about, you know, they got it right in the show. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And then even like when they were talking about the LA in the fourth episode, he was like, you know, America is not as big as into it is. And hopefully like him coming over to us, like that will help change that. And I think it's gotten better. I mean, we, I mean, I know plenty of like stars now that, you know, that are playing for America. And I could tell you a couple on a hand on like one hand, but yeah, I still can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know Megan Rapinoe, right? Like she's, yeah a soccer player, it, I think it was really interesting to get the reminder because I think in a, from what I can remember in America, it was always like posh spices, like he was a model. Mm -hmm. He was like a different kind of star. And again, we were kids. So let's gonna, yeah. okay, now we're moving into how much did we know about Posh and Bex before this series started, right? Yes. So like for me, it was like, you're a model. You're the hot guy on the cover of a magazine. You're married to Posh Spice. Going back to Ted Lasso, there's that line in Ted Lasso where Roy is like so mad that Jamie's just kind of whatever. And he's like, just because God kissed your right foot. And I was like, feel like when I was watching this docuseries, it's like, I feel like somebody said that about Bex too. Like God mm -hmm. kissed his, like his right foot is like the chosen foot in soccer or whatever. Um, but it, it really like brought to light just how much of a huge star he is internationally mm -hmm. for more than just being like a pretty tattooed face. Yeah. And then I liked how like it kind of got into how he kind of got into modeling and stuff. And, mm -hmm. Um 
even the I think that it was an episode. It was in episode four too. Was when she was gonna have a C section. Mm-hmm. He was scheduled, and he had to go be on a red carpet for an event at the same time. And he's with, like, "Well, I'm sorry, that's not gonna." With J Lo and Beyonce, yes, which, like that's a very important factor. Which, which, I think that was during their Pepsi, that Pepsi ad, right? I think so. Because yeah. I saw the Pepsi in the back. I was like, I remember them doing Pepsi commercials, or like they did a whole line of Pepsi mm-hmm. products with them. Because it was like for like I think it was for the World Cup or the Super Bowl. It was for right. a big event, but I remember that as a kid, like those ads. So I was just like, "Oh, that's what it was." But I mean, still, it sucks that he wasn't there. But <laughs> yeah, and I totally empathize with Posh, who, by the way, is like a standard of beauty that is super unachievable. Being, but still, it kind of also highlights too just how hard it is to be a, a woman pregnant because here she is not feeling great about her body and the way she feels because it sucks being pregnant at the end. Like some people don't have issues, but at the end, it's like you're carrying around a bowling ball that's yeah. causing pressure on your body. Like you can't always feel good about yourself. And here he is standing with two women who are like arguably two of the most beautiful women in the world. Yeah. Posh, I appreciate you saying that you're mad because yes. I would have been too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I liked about it because they were very, they were both very honest and like mm-hmm. David Beckham, I feel like was very humble, like mm-hmm. very humble, like throughout the whole thing. He came, I mean, he came from a poor, like the poor side of family. Mm-hmm. And then it was funny because like in the first episode, Posh was like, "Oh yeah, we were working class," and then he pops and he's like, "Tell the truth, yeah. tell the truth." <laughs> My dad wrote. My dad drove a Rolls Royce. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like him keeping her humble too. Like, yes, yeah. you had some cool stuff, but be honest. Like, mm-hmm. but um, I just, I really do. I think it gave me more appreciation for them too, because I've always been a fan ever since you know just learning about them growing up and stuff. And I loved Posh and Spice Girls, and I liked him as a star and stuff. I just, they're always. I always related it to their style too. They always mm-hmm. were so fancy and stylish and i remember like like um watching them at like the royal weddings and stuff mm-hmm. like they would always appear and like yeah a top hat and i was just like they're so stylish they're mm-hmm. so pretty like i love them and they're like they're so in love and yeah all this stuff i loved just like their willingness to be vulnerable too mm-hmm. like there were multiple times where Posh was just like, all right, I haven't even thought about this and I can't believe you're getting me to say this, Fisher. And then just go into something where you're just like, dang, like, thank you for sharing. That was a big vulnerability and I appreciate you being so honest about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just like the whole like, Beckham having a photo shoot stuff but just like when he was in Madrid and how hard that was on her and the family and like just how much she was, completely honest about how much she hated it there i mean Mm -hmm. good for you girl for being honest about it because that's got to be hard because it did kind of feel like they were very not protective of their image but very aware that they had a high profile so like Mm -hmm. navi so it's like even though they would do interviews and stuff and they were charming in interviews and what have you it still felt like they were managing their reputation but not Mm -hmm. in like a gross way like they're not hiding anything they didn't turn out to be horrible people Mm -hmm. they're managing their reputation for their own like mental health and wellness and then especially with the kid when the kids got involved it was like they go into it i think that was episode two or three where they talk about 
they were getting death threats from Brooklyn and stuff, yeah. or like kidnap, like we're gonna kidnap your kid. Like as a parent, I could imagine that's super scary. And then especially you know you're in a whole different city you're not used to or mm-hmm. stuff. And um, um, I I want to kind of go back to the real Madrid when he went there because like uh, Victoria, they didn't she didn't move right away. He was mm-hmm. he was there alone for a good. Uh, was it like six months eight months something like that yeah um like and he kind of talked about how like he was used to all right after practice i go home after the game i go home to my family like but he went home to himself Mm -hmm. by himself and that took a toll on him and it was interesting because they were talking about like um his teammates and that even though there was a language barrier like his teammates like were able to like communicate through gestures Mm -hmm. and still have a laugh and all that stuff. So it was like, I think his teammates like understood, like, you know, like he wasn't himself because his family wasn't there. And they did a good job portraying like, yeah, we're teammates, but we're also family. Like we look out for each other and stuff. So I thought that was really cool too. Like um, them stepping up to the plate and stuff about that yeah for sure back to the vulnerability how honest they were about what it was like for them being separated and how hard it was in the relationship and I think one of the things that really struck me was just how awful the media was being towards Victoria specifically mm-hmm. because she wasn't with him and taking forever to get there but like I use taking forever to in air quotes because she had a very good point of like, I've got kids I have to figure out how to put in school in a different country. Like that's yeah. not easy. And I think too, like we just kind of assume that rich people, I mean, some in some respects, rich people do have it a lot easier. But in this respect, it was a, rem- a reminder that we're all still in sort of a similar playing field when it comes to relocating. Like if you have mm-hmm. to move, you still have to figure out what you're going to do with your kids, what school you're going to go to. And, you know, the language barrier, it won't be as hard on the kids because kids are sponges and learn language faster and like mm-hmm. all these different variables that she had to like consider. And David didn't have to consider. He was just like, cool, I'm going to play. I'm going to make a ton of money hurry up and get here. Oh, you're not here yet. I'm super lonely. So like they were both dealing with their challenges with this relocation and it was like straining their relationship and that's mm-hmm. hard. And then I'll couple that with like the way the media was portraying them. Like I'm shocked that they're still married after watching this right? because like there's so many hurdles that they had to go through that she- Victoria could have said, you know what, David, this isn't worth it anymore. I'm done with yeah. you. Like, bye. I'm going. But that just shows how much they loved each other to like push it, and that's why I think I respect them even more. Yes, I I thought the same thing. It was like, man, like I don't know if I could like hang on that long. Like we're separated for so long, and then all of a sudden I'm getting, you know, reading that oh you might have had an affair mm-hmm. or you know, and all this stuff, and the media just keeps hounding you. Like I wouldn't want that all the time. Like they showed the the video of them in the car with the kids, and the kids were freaking out because all the fans are like tapping on the windows and the mom and that's like, scary because you don't understand that your parents are famous yeah so it's like i would have been like i can't do this anymore like bye yeah but like she pushed through it and he pushed through it and they i mean they weren't perfect but they Mm-mm. they worked it out and they kept it going and they're still married to this day which is beautiful and i was like that's why i, I think i have a new respect for them because i'm just like Absolutely the same, because I felt like like they were so young when they got together. 
so, so young when they got together. And it felt like to me, they were choosing to grow together, even in the times when they were growing apart. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so incredible because not a lot of people have the strength to do or can find the strength to do it. They might have the strength, but they can't find it necessarily. It's like they, it's like they knew it was going to be temporary where some situations and relationships that are really bad. It's like, that's not temporary girl, get out. You know what I mean? But like every single time with them, it felt like this is a temporary situation. We got to get through it. It's hard now. We got to get through it. Okay. So I want to move into what we found to be the like surprising facts that we learned that we didn't know before. And I think for me, the biggest surprise was realizing how young David was when he joined Manchester United. 17. Right. I had no idea. He's been playing soccer his whole life. His whole life. And then, so then, so, okay. So I kind of vaguely remember the um, world cup hate, like the 1998, Mm -hmm. like, cause world cup does, Pen- around, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and it did penetrate through the u.s because it's you know kind of like it's the world cup i didn't realize how young he was when all of that was going on so when they were talking about that and then like with posh spice telling him like oh by the way i'm pregnant the day before the game like and she's also really young so like i understand the need and desire to tell him like asap but I also understand how that was probably a bad idea. And if they had been just a handful of years older, she might've waited. And then it could, you know, then all these things maybe like landed differently. But it also reminded me, do you remember a couple of years ago when Simone Biles was like, I got to bow out of the Olympics because my mental health is not good. Mm-hmm. I just, it made me think of like just the pressure that is placed on professional athletes when they're that young and how mm-hmm. hard it is for them and like truly the lack of support because I mean how many years did he spend essentially in publicity exile because of this like the country Mm -hmm. legitimately hated him and I mean to top it off like yeah the pressure but he's also a guy who's been taught not to share his emotions because back then it was your mask you know your masculinity and all that stuff so yeah it, it and that's that was episode two and like i said that episode broke me i, I was like crying through the almost the whole episode because i was just like oh my gosh the stuff he had to go through like like going out into the field and just hearing everyone boo him and you, like um, it's your job it's your job right? to play soccer literally and you have to go out there like you can't not go yeah like, so and then the the thing where the the guy hung the dummy out the window I've yeah. been hanging and it was a Beckham shirt. I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm like, really? That's That was so intense. That was so, like, that was just like, first of all, if that happened in the States, it would have had oh, a completely different outcome. Oh, yeah. But it just was so unnecessarily cruel. Yeah, and then he was talking about, like, how um, because Posh was on tour at the same time, like, he didn't have really anybody to lean on. Like, mm-hmm. like once, like, they would see each other every once in a while. But at that time, it was like, again, he was facing loneliness. And then he, he kind of almost broke broke down at the present time tell, retelling that story because mm-hmm. it was just like, I was very depressed. Like, I didn't know what to do. And then, like, even hearing his mom, like, oh, you hate going to those stadiums, like, hearing of them cheer bad about your son and it breaks a mother's heart. And I was just like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like when, when she was like, 
this person is on my list because right. they said blah 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 about my kid i was like queen yes that is exactly right. the response a mom should have <laughs> so yeah it was just it was that was probably one of the things i didn't know like i didn't follow sports back then so i didn't really didn't understand like what was going on so mm -hmm. to watch that and to see the footage and stuff and I was just like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad for him. I was like, mm -hmm. one little mistake. And it's just like, that's what he was known for, for a couple of years. years. And I was just like, oh. but it was, but it was so beautiful at the end though, like at the end of the episode two, um, because it goes back to the beginning. He talks about how his, his father, Ted was always um, drilling him on his soccer drills and like mm -hmm. doing that corner shot doing the corner shot and he said he would have to do it hundreds and hundreds of times and then it was so beautiful because it was like he had finally had the ball in this last game and he's like I have to take the corner shot and what did he do when he was growing up and it was just like that whole moment came full circle and he won helped win that game and his like whole image changed again and it was just mm -hmm. like i was like crying i was like oh my gosh it's so beautiful because it was like it kept like flashing back to when he was playing with his dad and stuff and how it went i was like oh my god it's so good like, but but what yeah, an just, emotional roller coaster though right? to like be so beloved since you were 17 to being the most hated back to being the most beloved like oh my gosh yeah and then i remember his friend said like we had to take turns walking him to the bathroom because you never knew what was going to happen if he was going to get jumped or what right so it's like we each took turns going to the bathroom with him just to make sure he was safe i was like oh my gosh so bonkers like, that's to me. so crazy mm -hmm. that's so bonkers to me um, another thing that was like, oh, surprise, like I'm surprised to learn this was, was the kidnapping threats of their right? kids. Like, like who does that? Really? It's, it's like, it's like, like that to me is like a different kind of sickness in the head because what is yeah. the celebrity going to do? Like they're just as, like their kids. Yeah. That was heartbreaking too. Cause I was just like, as a parent, how do you deal with that? Like, and you're watch your kid like a hawk. Yeah, because like, you're high profile too. So people like you play for a sport, so people are gonna know what city you're in. Yeah. For however many games there are a season. I'm like, who do you actually really trust now? Like mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. bonkers. What about you? Did you have any like shocking things that you were like, I had no idea? Uh probably I think just how bad the the whole um bashing him was. Mm -hmm. Like just how bad, like how bad it got and like how much it took an emotional toll on him and stuff. I just, yeah, that just like was devastating to me. So that was something I didn't know. So yeah, I was just like, I'm like, everyone knows David Beckham. Where's this coming from? <laughs> I also didn't know that he went to Real Madrid to play. That wasn't mm. something that was in my knowledge bank. And why would it? I don't pay attention to soccer. But it was, it was, it was weird how he got there. I didn't know he got the boot. Yeah. Like, the the guy in Manchester was just like, I'm not taking his calls. I'm not doing this. Like he's out. Yeah. Like he found out by didn't he find out by like a newspaper ad or something? I can't. I think so. Something like completely happened? random. Yeah. And then so he took an interview, and then so he took an interview with the owner of Real Madrid, which just sort of exacerbated the situation with Manchester. Yeah. 
Cause Manchester was like, Oh, okay. That's what you're doing then. Bye. Like, and, yeah. and he was like, you already said bye. <laughs> like, yeah. You already told me to get out. Well, and then that happens. Find it, another job. <laughs> and then that happens again when he was talking to the LA galaxy and then mm -hmm. real Madrid finds out there we're offended. So yeah. you're not playing anymore. And then he had to finish his contract, but he just sat there like, yeah, I was just like, Oh my gosh, that's horrible too. So petty. So petty. I didn't realize how hard of a worker he was. And so what I thought was really compelling about the, the being benched at Real Madrid was how he still trained. He didn't just like accept being benched and then like stay there and let himself sort of get rusty. Mm -hmm. He still was like training and doing everything that he needed to do to stay sharp because it could have been really easy for him to be like, I guess I'm on the bench and then show up to galaxy super rusty. Yeah. And then it was almost kind of poetic in a way for them to be like, no, but you want to stay. We want you to stay now. Cause we brought like, we see you a hard work. Your team wants you to be able to play. So we'll let you play. <laughs> And then he does well and they're like, no, but stay. And he's like, no, you benched me. I'm still yeah. leaving. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like who's to say that you're, you're, you're going to do it again. Gonna change again. <laughs> right. Like you love me now, but will you love me tomorrow? Yeah. I also didn't realize how bad the LA galaxy was. Mm. Watching that footage was painful. Those games were so hard <laughs> to watch. Like, Going from watching Manchester United games, you know, from him doing World Cup footage, from being in Real Madrid and just seeing this like intense sport that's just like boom, 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 like super high athleticism to watching LA Galaxy in 2007. And you're just like, I feel like there's high school kids that are better. <laughs> what? And you can just see the look on his face on the sidelines of like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that just kind of shows like how important our sport soccer was over here, I guess. Like, yeah, because we're like, very that's their whole life over there. But mm -hmm. here it's just like, eh. and I agree with you. I do think he helped sort of break down that barrier to make it more professionally acceptable, because mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but in in my area, it was like everybody I went to school with did. Um, it's not called Little League Soccer, but essentially it's Little League Soccer. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where the disconnect is between this forced participation in little league travel soccer to such a weak professional level soccer represent like um, um, level in 2007. Like it, it doesn't really make sense to me considering I probably was the only person in my school when I was in elementary school who didn't play soccer. We lived in the country, or well, I didn't live in the country. My school was in the country, so that's like what everyone played. And then high school, um, our school was like probably like seventy-five percent Mexican, so that's what everyone played was soccer. Yeah, yeah. I think I played soccer for like one one year, mm. and then I broke my ankle playing. So then I didn't. Play. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. It's dangerous. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. So. But then when he went to, it was funny because then when he was going to um, the LA Galaxy, they had that news footage of Tom Cruise sitting with Victoria. And they're like, oh, Tom Cruise is going to be their future neighbor. Like they're moving into his neighborhood. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a funny. I was like, that's right, because they're going to be in LA. I was like, oh. Because, you know, Tom Cruise likes to recruit for Scientology, but he's super mm -hmm. on the DL about it, but he's not. You know what I mean? 
And so my friend and I were talking and, oh, there's another thing I didn't realize about him. He is deeply religious in a way. He not like necessarily he goes to church all the time, but what like a lot of his tattoos and we're going to have and my friend Ann Lieb is going to come on and do is like a breakdown of his tattooography, his tattooography. I just coined a word. I don't know if it's real. It might already exist. Um, And she was commenting about how he a lot of his tattoos have a lot of religious meaning. Um, Let's cut actually to that right now. So Ann Lieb can share with us a little bit more about his tattooography and then we can give you that conversation and then we'll be right back we both watched the david beckham docuseries and we texted about it as we do because we are friends who love tv But I need you to give us the tattoo timeline breakdown because you tracked it way better than I I did. And I was getting more and more curious as you were texting me. And then I was like, I'm not, I'm not dedicated enough to pay attention. I'm going to rely on my friend. (laughs) All right. So what I noticed is that Bex didn't get his first tattoo until he was like 23. He has a total of 60 tattoos. And now I went down a rabbit hole of his tattoos. And there's actually an article that I'll send you a link to. Perfect. So of his tattoos, the one thing that uh, the article mentioned, and I'll intersperse it with what I noticed, is that everything on his body is balanced. And it it's very thematic. So it's not it's not, you know, oh, here's, you know, here's something Greek and then here's uh, a pretzel and here's this or whatever. It's all, and there's a lot of religious underlinings, which I didn't expect at all. So he has a bunch of cherubs, for instance, mm-hmm. his chest has three cherubs that are lifting Jesus from his tomb. And so what he said is that it's akin to he's thinking about when he dies and his three three boys will carry him to his grave right goosebumps i'm like gonna cry i know and then he's got um he has this he has this uh, angel tattooed on his back and that was actually the first one that i noticed when he was with manchester united so mm-hmm. as like 2003 so he was 23 and that's when i was like ooh, first one but what i didn't realize is until later he added all three of his boys' names. So of the most curious one is Brooklyn. His firstborn is a tramp stamp. I don't know. Tramp stamp. And then the top of the angel is Romeo. And then the bottom of the angel is Cruz. Mm. So I'm like, it's cool about Romeo and Cruz, but why is Brooklyn a tramp stamp? I don't know. know. I I mean, he was 23, right? But, but the thing is, the names weren't added until after Cruz was born, which was the Real Madrid days. Right, which is like 2005 era. So, yeah, so this yeah. is like really thought about. I'm going to make my child a tramp stamp. And I'm going <laughs> to keep saying that because it's annoying. Um, he does have one tattoo. He has one tattoo that I don't understand. And it's a ship in his armpit. Huh. His daughter Harper is on his neck so cute he also has angels on both of his shoulders 
and the right angel um, has written on it in the face of adversity. So here's what's really cool. He has a tattoo that's, it's Roman numerals, you know, for uh, May 8th, 2006, but they're Latin words underneath that say D'Integro, which means it's a start of a new beginning. And if you align the timeline, because Real Madrid, like, really was real problematic yeah. for Posh and Beck. So, and that's where a lot of his tattoos emerged. And that's what I was thinking. That's when I texted you. I was like, I think everything kind of came up during that time he was in Madrid because he was missing his family so much. And mm-hmm. when you're missing somebody, why not get a tattoo? Yeah, so, it's a great deflection there- to get a tattoo too. Yeah. And it's, but so, and I feel like that that's when, you know, they were, they made that decision to leave Madrid and go to LA. Mm -hmm. She's hella happy. He's okay. But the whole, you know, to start something new. And that was that journey, you know, moving forward. So the one thing that uh, sidebar note, I did not notice at all, even through his galaxy days was uh, tattoos on his legs. So there's a whole section in this article of leg tattoos and he has a lion and some cherubs and some birds, but all of that happened post galaxy days. Interesting. So he was only on galaxy for like five years. And yeah, then it wasn't he went very to, long. Then he retired and he went to Paris right. and he was, you know, like really retiring because he was old mm-hmm. and um, he just couldn't keep up with the kids anymore. So yes, this was um, just the continuity of the religious undertones, the angels, um, the having the, there was a lot of Latin writing on him. The one non-Latin written thing is in Sanskrit and it's Victoria's name on his arm. So that was, um, that was when he was in Man- at Manchester. So again, it's, I love that. I did not know I needed to know this information, but I am here to share it with everybody. I love it. I love it. The religious themes of his tattoos kind of like make it very easy to understand why maybe he like didn't latch on to like the Tom Cruise attempt to indoctrination for Scientology. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, did Tom and Will know about his cherub tattoos when they threw him that big ass party in LA? Right. Right. He doesn't have any tattoos on his belly. He keeps that clean. And then there was some other place on his face or like his face and his belly are the only two places that he keeps it clean. So there's like his chest has like an evenly tattoo across of it and you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. He does have one tattoo going down the side. And I think it said um, it's in Japanese or Chinese, but it says, I love you, mom and dad. Cute. Yeah. So there's. I was, yes, this was a deep dive I needed today. So thank you. Yeah, no, I love it. And Lieb, thank you so much for being our David Beckham tattoo correspondent for this episode. I am so thrilled that you were willing to take the assignment. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have a tattoo. It does say calm, strong, and determined. So I was very calm in my research. I yes. was strong and determined to get through all 60 tattoos. Yes. And I'm here for you. <laughs>
I think that's what kind of inspired me to do tattoos now that I think about it. Really? It like, he looks cool in tattoos. Because after high school, I was a big David Beckham fan. I think this is when he went to Alley Galaxy. And I remember following him a little bit before then and stuff and seeing him at the weddings and all that stuff. But I was just like, oh, they're so pretty. And, and I just became a fan of him. Um, I remember um, I got his cologne because it was like a Target exclusive. Oh my god! So I remember getting this cologne, that. and it was it was my favorite cologne. I would always wear it, and my friends would make fun of me because I'd always talk about David Beckham and his new merchandise that come out. I remember I worked at um, Burlington in Manteca, mm-hmm. and they got a whole line of David Beckham stuff. So it was like shirts and shorts and you're like sold. Shoes. Here's my yeah, paycheck. <laughs> I, I bought. I was like, I bought the shoes. I bought the shirt. I was like, I'm sporting these David Beckham. Yeah, <laughs> just because I thought he was just the coolest guy, and I was just like, I want to meet him one day. He was but... really smart to do things outside of soccer. Like that's mm-hmm. a really smart move, and because the appeal was there, I don't think out of all the people that they interviewed for the docu series, there was maybe like two others. I was like, oh, I know that name. I mm-hmm. and then when they showed the footage from twenty five years ago, it's like, oh yeah, I definitely know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, like, I know that opportunity isn't always available to, like, other professional athletes. But, like, Mm -hmm. as much as it bothered, like, his coaches and stuff that he was, like, this uber celebrity married to Posh Spice, I still think it was a really smart move. Because he could have gotten injured at any moment. And then what? I think he only had, like, one injury that they talked about in the series. Yeah. Which is just, I'm shocked by that. Because, you know, in baseball, pitchers are injured the wear and tear happens sometimes before they even get into the major leagues. Yeah. Um, you know, basketball p- players are constantly getting knocked over. I swear football players are horribly injured before they even get to professional league as well. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah. I thought it was funny though, too. Cause he like, he was like, I'm retiring. And he left the LA galaxy. Then went back and played for France mm-hmm. for a year. And then at the end, she was like, I saw him and he was kind of limping and, you could tell him we had that look in her eyes and she was like i looked at him and he could tell what i was thinking but i was like you're done like this is it you got to be done yeah and i was just like oh and then the day yeah. after he retires from there he's like guess what i have a soccer league yes <laughs> like he cannot rest on his laurels <laughs> mm-hmm. but i mean that's i mean i think that that would that suits him mm-hmm. i think he, he knows the game he's been playing for years and then it's in america so you know i'm sure victoria's loving it yeah yeah um, and then he got one of the one of the, another great player was the leo messi on there he was mm. a great player so that was awesome um but yeah so i think it suits him and he was like it was like oh I, I chose it all pink and i was like yeah i dig it i dig it I love that. I love how he kind I love, okay, here's the thing that I love the most about David Beckham. I love that, like, he, even though he presents as this really strong, burly man, he is definitely, like, the dad who's like, let's have a cuddle, huddle, snuggle. Like, everyone pile on the couch. We're all going to, like, snuggle each other. Where's the blankets? Like, he's got this really great soft side that a lot of, like, rugged professional athletes don't show Mm -hmm. and i think that 
with this docuseries, you really got to see more of that side. But really, when you saw him within the footage with his kids, he's always holding his kids' hands. Like, he brought, I think it's Brooklyn on field with Mm -hmm. him when they'd walk onto the field. Like, he is so family-centric, which is kind of what makes the whole, like, cruise cesarean thing even more awful because it's like... If he, I, I felt like if he didn't have that obligation, cause it's probably contractual. Cause then what happens if you break that contract and you don't go, which whatever people can debate that, but like, it just, it just seeing him in the end in episode four with his kids and just being this one big family, like it is very clear that like, to me, David and Victoria were like parents first, yeah, which is felt like part of the reason why she was so mm-hmm. pissed about like going to Spain and like how hard it was to go to Spain and then immediately relocating to the U S and then relocating again. And it's just like, she's like, mm-hmm. pick a place for us to settle so we can raise our kids. Cause that's the focus. Like that's the point. But I just love that he wasn't afraid to be like, <laughs> cause he does look intimidating when he's doing his like scowl, mm-hmm. but then he's like, <laughs> kissing his kids and you're just like that's so sweet so like yes yeah. more men should kiss their children <laughs> well i remember this was this was a few years ago after harper was born and when she was a toddler like he had instagrammed um him kissing her on the lips but she was mm. like two years old mm-hmm. three years old and it was this big old thing like men shouldn't be kissing girls like that and all this stuff and it was just big old like people blew it out of proportion yeah responding is like she's my daughter yeah like we show affection in our house like yeah nothing creepy he's like so i'm sorry if offended you kind of thing but yeah which which is upsetting because i think when a when a man wants to actually be like a decent dad and affectionate father someone who isn't Mm -hmm. afraid to show emotion that is more than just anger shouldn't be admonished it should be mm-hmm. praised because that's not the norm. Yeah. Like the expectation is not that. So when someone wants to step outside of that norm, they, they get deal. bashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. It's not okay. It makes you cranky. They're really good people. And like I said, I think you, this whole docuseries gave me a, a newfound respect for them. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, made me love them even more. Mm-hmm. And I think it just, it shows like how much they went through and stuff. So I yeah. recommend the series to everybody that, you know, knows knows the name Beckham and Posh and mm-hmm. just to it's interesting. It's super interesting. Like they really like give said, a lot of context to some of the mm-hmm. stuff that like we thought we knew and then they're like, You don't know shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I'm not a big documentary f- fan, like because I feel like it's a lot of just like speaking facts and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if Dave Beckham, we're gonna watch it. So and yeah. I just, I was enthralled the whole time and just like, it wasn't boring. It was so interesting. Like I said, episode two made me like tear up and cry. Like I was just like, so to do that, it's like really good. And yeah. I, mean, I was very, I was very pleased at the end. Yeah. It was interesting too, that they brought in those paparazzi guys to talk to them mm-hmm. um, and get a little bit more insight about, cause you know, those guys made a ton of money off of David Beckham and Victoria which is true for all paparazzi types, right? Like that's just the norm. Some are a little bit more aggressive than others, obviously, which is really gross. At the same time, like not as a society, we have a ton of people whose needs aren't getting met. So they're doing whatever they can to get their mm-hmm. needs met. And this is one of those ways. I think paparazzi back then was way different than it is now though, too. 
honestly, I think it was worse. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, because I mean, you get to think we didn't have social media. The internet was still fairly new. So it was like, and it was newspaper, newspaper, newspaper. So it was like, you had to be the one to get that picture so you could be on the front page. So and those guys even yeah, and those guys even because there was something specific that happened, and I'm gonna go back and rewatch the series to pull it specifically because I meant to write it down when it was happening and I forgot. Um, but something specifically happened, and Fisher asked those two guys like about the situation and one of them flat out said yeah nowadays we would never do that we would never get that close to take a photo we would never like encroach that way or something to that effect i'll find it and and do a do a playback here but like that to me was also really like dang like even these like guys who've basically their entire livelihood is paparazzi photos are starting to recognize the error of their ways from 30 years ago. And I thought, I was like, thank God, because maybe more and more people will start being a little bit more respectful. And then I got to thinking like, okay, so how long have we had the term paparazzi? And like, how long has this sort of like craze specifically in England been going on? And I found um, a Times article where that it was from 1961, where they had to explain to their readers what the paparazzi was and and it was already kind of in circulation the word was in use already a little bit at that time it was still new it was so new that they had explained what it was because it was like coming up often and then i found a bunch of other articles that like really track the timeline so it's like of like the obsession with paparazzi and like royalty specifically because we all know the you know the tragedy of diana Mm-hmm. it really is the late 50s early 60s where it starts to become like a pretty awful thing or it's like not awful it's really starts to become like it's genesis where it's like and then people there's so there's no real rules there's no boundaries there's no regulation for it because it sells papers and we need to sell papers so we can stay in business and all these things every article that i found was essentially like since diana's death da, 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 da. so even though it's still pretty bad for some people there is a level of like dialed backness hmm. because there have been a lot of lawsuits not just from royalty but like i found a lawsuit that amy winehouse did about mm-hmm. paparazzi invading her privacy and her space and so it's particularly awful in england but in but in England, there's like a little bit of a different recourse. Like when they talked about how David Beckham tried to sue, I forget which publication here in the States, he lost because of something that they had said. I forget specifically what it was. And, and in England, based on everything I found, it sounded like he, he could have probably won that if they were in, in the UK mm-hmm. because of all the precedent that had been happening. We have the First Amendment, which a lot of people lean on when it comes to press in in like in free speech and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. he like he sues this publication and the judge is like well actually you lose (laughs) because of you know we have freedom of speech here so sorry and so i and that made me got me thinking like how hard it's got to be to be from another culture where there is recourse when someone says something awful about you versus the u.s where you can literally say anything about anybody and it doesn't matter yeah Yeah, like the repercussion is great like it's cloudy we're in murky waters when it comes to that i really so yeah so yeah the series was really good 
I really did like the ending. Oh, the ending. Mm-hmm. That that made me cry too. I was at work watching the, the last one on my lunch and my coworkers looking at me, they're like, Are you crying? I was like, <laughs> Stop. I'm watching the end of Becca. Yeah. <laughs> but um it was we always talk about in movies and television the music choice mm-hmm. of shows and that how it will heighten emotion sometimes. And I thought it was just it was really cool because they played the turtles happy together. Yeah. At the very last. And then and it was just kind of showing the family and him and Victoria dancing and just how love they were. And they said that, you know, out of all of this, like we're happy to be like together. Mm-hmm. And then it shows him like watching the thing and it kind of, he, he looks at the camera, like, I wonder what's next kind of thing. And it was mm-hmm. just like one of those songs too, that was just like, it's an ending, but it's like, you know, there's more to come. Right. So it was just like, I was just like, Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. And then over the credits, you see him, um, practicing with one of the players and it's reminiscent of his dad playing with him mm-hmm. and he is funny because he's like oh I'm not your dad but I do have a team I do have so many trophies so no pressure yeah yeah but I was just like oh my gosh that was so beautiful another like full circle moment mm-hmm. of you know dad teaching him and now he's teaching young players too I was just like, oh, like they couldn't have ended it any better. And I was just yeah. like, I was like, good job, Fisher Stevens. Like you really did well on this. Truly. Cause it, it felt good to end. So with such a heavy emphasis on the family being together. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. I also love how they strategically did not show the older two children's partners, even though we, you could kind of catch that they were there <laughs> <laughs> like a just in case. Yeah. Cause there is like rumors about drama between victoria and nicola um brooklyn's daughter i don't know how true they are i don't think any of it's been like vetted or substantiated in any way shape Mm -hmm. or form but those rumors do exist yeah it was it was such a great series and Mm -hmm. i'm so glad it exists now and i encourage people to watch it especially just to learn about like what some of these athletes go through and stuff i mean this was a special case but i think a lot of it other athletes do have to deal with that Mm -hmm. i think it really also does challenge what we think about professional sports in general like football's Mm -hmm. a completely different category american football's a completely different category they have their own separate set of issues but i think when there is a couple that sort of defies the stereotype that exists like this is a really good example of that this Mm -hmm. is a really good example of a couple trying to sort of break out of what is prescribed for um, a soccer family. Mm -hmm. They're great. I love them. They're awesome. Their love is so endearing. It's so, it's so so endearing. They're so so beautiful. Yeah. You're just like, stop being so charming. I hate it, but I love Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Like, I'm just waiting for for Victoria to go on tour with Spice Girls reunion. Do you think she will? Are they planning to do that? I heard rumors that Spice Girls wanted to, but it's like like Victoria's not. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure she. I'm sure she would. I. I feel like. Yeah, maybe it's her time now that uh, Bex is retired a little bit ish. Yeah. Retired ish. Mm-hmm. Mario, thank you so much for joining us yet again for thank another you. pop culture ish topic. Can you please tell our friends where they can find you and support you and support your work and keep up with all the things that you are doing? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Movies with Mr. Mario, where I review movies and television shows I'm watching and share the latest pop culture news. 
And look out for my review of Beckham coming up soon. Well, thank you, Julie. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Same. And friends, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. I don't know why you aren't following Mario and all of his um, uh, reviews. He recently posted like his favorite horror movies, and it is a comprehensive list of shit I will never watch. <laughs> so don't come to Julia for spooky content. No, come that is not my job. <laughs> That's why you follow Mario. I don't want. I don't want none of that. I loved this docu-series so much, and a lot of it is because the Beckhams were willing to be vulnerable and relive some pretty trying times. I want to make a correction. I said Brooklyn's daughter when I meant wife, and in regards to the paparazzi, it's in episode two. Fisher Stevens asks Emin and James, the photographers who frequently photographed David and Victoria, if they ever felt guilty sometimes for taking pictures of the Beckham's kids. And the response was, quote, you wouldn't do it now. Times have changed, end quote. Times have changed, but also seemingly have gotten worse. While the Beckhams didn't come out of the celebrity unscathed, their family is strong, and it really is wonderful to see them be unapologetic about loving their kids and each other. And frankly, the trash is still coming for Victoria because now she is a mother-in-law and her relationship with her daughter-in-law is rumored to be contentious. But at the same time, there's a lot of speculation. And even though, quote, times have changed, it still feels very negative and very gross towards the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. I also can't stop thinking about how the photographers feel now, like in in their role in contributing to the horrific media coverage of celebrities, specifically women, that was the 1990s and early 2000s. Photographers don't always have control over the language that's printed around what they submit and get paid for. At the same time, their images are, are what we look at, are what we use to speculate things. I want to thank Mario again for coming on to discuss this docu-series. I highly recommend it. And Mario's review is now up on Instagram. You can find him at Movies with Mr. Mario or click the link in our show notes. Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written and edited by me, your host. And if you're new around here, I am a biracial writer and podcast host based in California. When I'm not facilitating the Jelly Pops book club or recording this podcast or painting greeting cards, I'm teetering on existential dread and trying to convince my dog to snuggle me. And you're probably thinking, why are you telling us you're biracial? It's a huge part of my identity that I'm working through every single day. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at the Julia Washington. And if you can't get enough of this show, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Julia Washington. You can join a paid tier and get bonus content like bonus episodes, TV or movie reviews, and a bi-monthly pop culture social hour. Or you can just join our community and get some pretty cool free shit too, but it's not as frequent as the paid tiers. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you shared it with someone who might enjoy it too. If you post on socials that you're listening, you can tag me and tag the show if you want, or you can just be a secret lurker and just share it with everyone you know on the down low. Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time. Bye.